welcome to the monsters within us. Episode 1, Old Boys Club. Greetings, mortals. To those who do not know me, I am but a lowly observer lurking in those cracks that exist between the light and darkness beyond the shadows. Allow me to be your guide as we journey along a twisted path of unknown perils and dark corners to reveal the badly hidden skeletons that clutter the cursed rural heartlands. In today's tale, we visit the sleepy village of Bychester, where we follow the fortunes of Geoffrey and Pamela Timms. After experiencing a sad misfortune, the couple have made the bold decision to flee the city and begin again. But the life that finds them in the lost corners of the English countryside proves to be something neither could ever have expected in their wildest nightmares. For as it was once said, nature bore us as a son and daughter, but we return reborn as death and slaughter. Dare you listen further? Sam? Is that you? Yes, Father. I'm here. I've missed you. Where, where are you? Where, where is this? It's almost time. Time? Time, time for what? Mr. Timms? Mr. Timms? What? Oh, sorry, I... I must have dozed off for a second. No problem. Come on through. Well, let me start off by putting you at ease. Your test results came back negative. Oh, thank goodness. I've been so worried. Everything is normal, so nothing to worry about. That's great news. Thank you. But listen, I know you're not here for counselling, but as your family doctor, I did receive a referral letter from the police for grief counselling. I don't want to violate your privacy, but... I have to ask, is there anything I can do for you both? I appreciate your concern. I think it's something that only time will be able to heal, though. That may be true, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't seek out help. I know some very good therapists I can refer you to. Honestly, I, I feel fine. Physically, you may be, but these things can take a huge psychological toll on you both. Uh, that really is okay. I think for now we just want some time on our own, time to, to reset. Well, I can't force you to seek help, but I did promise your father I would look out for you. Maybe I can at least recommend some time away from work. I actually agree, uh, which is why Pam and I are moving out of the city to the countryside. We're calling it semi-retirement, but I'll still be doing some work remotely, though. I'm sure fresh air and a change of scene will be of some help. But I still advise you to both try and talk to someone. I'll think about it. I don't think either of us are completely opposed to the idea, though. Can I ask where you're moving to? Sure. It's a small rural village called Bychester. I had some family down that way. My dad probably talked about it when he was alive. Bychester? Yes, of course. I remember him speaking about it fondly. Never understood why he left. Well, I wish you both all the best in your new home. Thank you. It's scary and exciting all at once. I just hope the doctors down there are as attentive as you. That is a very kind thing for you to say. Well... You take care now.
Yes, I have the results. It's just as we thought, he's an 88% match. I've tested the sample myself, twice. There's no doubt about it. I'll send through the results. But listen, this is the last time I'm not risking my job again. And so, as many life-changing decisions begin with tragedy, the torrid tale of the Tins is no different. In a quest to leave behind the memories and misfortune that their old life brought, Jeffrey and Pamela sought a new beginning in a quieter place. A place where people think smaller, comforted by their forgotten secrets, while shielded behind a tangled mass of lost rituals and traditions. But sometimes, the quest to find a place in the world can lead you down a strange path indeed. What, what was that back there? I think someone hit a deer. Not sure why there's so many police though. I guess there are a lot more animal-related car accidents out here. I don't think nature and roads mix very well. Have I missed a turning? I feel like we've driven past these same fields twice before. I don't think so. We're in the countryside. Fields and woodlands all look pretty similar. I still can't get a signal on my phone. So Google Maps is just not an option. Hang on a sec, why don't you switch on that sat-nav I bought you for Christmas? I think it's been packed. Oh right, another thoughtful gift that's never made it out of the box. Sorry, I feel like everything is going digital. Smartphones, watches, appliances, everything's voice activated. Grant used an app the other day to get his oven to cook a roast before he even got home. I grew up analog and I think I'm going to stay that way. If you were digital, I'd be trying to update your software. Either that, I'd be taking you back to the store for a refund. Hang on, wait. I recognise that church. Slow down a bit. Okay, right. Turn right, turn right. Down there. Oh, I don't think we're far now. Ah, yes, you're right. That's the village church. Finally. So, did you say the moving people arrived yesterday? Yes, they moved everything in. Hopefully the builders have finished the painting and plastering already. I got in touch with a broadband provider and apparently it would take up to six to eight weeks for the installation. Shot they even have broadband here. It's probably faster here than in London. Less people to drain the bandwidth. Hmm. You think we're doing the right thing? What, getting broadband? Oh, moving to the countryside. Well, I think it will take a bit of time to adjust. But look, I know it's cliche. But I think a fresh start would do us both good. That's what everyone keeps saying. I think your parents are glad to see the back of us. Well, me, anyway. I wonder if they'll miss me back at the office. That's not true. And they agreed to let you work remotely and reduce your work days. I'm sure they'll get by. I hope so. Sorry, I don't mean to keep worrying. It's just we've spent so long planning everything, selling the old house, finding a new one, packing, moving. It's only just starting to dawn on me exactly what we're leaving behind. Our friends will still be there when we visit, and I know some of them are excited to have a country retreat to go to when they visit us. We'll make new friends here, and we've got this house at a really great price. Imagine what this would have cost in London. And also Sam would have wanted us to find happiness again. And think of all those long walks you can take Barney on. Uh, true. It's nice getting away from the pollution and overcrowding. I do find it a bit troubling we got the house so easily. I wonder why the powers accepted such a low offer. 
Speaking of Barney, have you heard from your sister? Hmm, let me just check my phone. Um... Oh yes, yes, got a message. Um, she looks like she's run into some traffic, but she should be dropping Barney off in the evening. Okay, great. Well, looks like we're here. Oh wow, look at the house. It's even more beautiful than I remember. Looks like the builders still haven't finished. All right, don't panic. Let me go and check on the decorating situation and maybe you can do a bit of exploring. Maybe get something for dinner? That's a good idea. Actually, I think we passed a pub a mile back. I can pop in for a quick car, see what the local beer tastes like, then I'll check out the village supermarket. Okay, well make sure you remember the supermarket part. I don't want a scotch egg and a packet of port scratchings for dinner. Don't worry, I won't forget. See you in a few hours. Afternoon. What can I get? Oh, you must be one of the newcomers who just moved into the old pile residence. Yes, how did you... It's a very small community. We don't get a lot happening around here. Name's Bernard, by the way. Bernard Shankly. Jeff, nice to meet you. Did you... did you know the Powells? Well... Colin Powell was often in here, especially on weekends. Seemed a friendly enough guy. Only saw his wife a couple of times. Now, if you don't mind the observation, you look like someone with a story to tell. <laughs> what do you mean? I can read faces. Each line tells me a different thread of a person's life. What does my face tell you? Well, if you forgive the forwardness, I'd say your face tells me you've come to Bychester to make a fresh start. Leave your old life behind. Well, uh, yes. This is a new start. For me and my wife. Funnily enough, when I looked at Colin Powell, I saw something similar in his lines. Interesting. Maybe that's what living in London does to you. Could well be. I guess Colin probably moved further into the country. Or maybe he and his wife went back? Uh, in truth, I don't know. No one does. They just left abruptly, didn't say a word to anyone. No one even saw the moving van come and leave. But hey, their loss is your gain. The house is amazing. True. Hmm. So what do you recommend beer-wise? Well, now, let's see. Ale of the week is Whimsical Stoat, but I'd also recommend Bearded Pope or Summoner's Hoof. Has a hazelnut undertone, brewed right here in the village. I'll take a pint of Whimsical Stoat, please. Excellent choice. There you go. Thanks. I thought you said Colin came in here occasionally. Did he not say anything about leaving? I hadn't seen him in months. I'd heard they were invested in properties then Airbnb in them. Guess Bychester didn't fit the bill. People don't like outsiders coming around here and turning the place into a tourist attraction. Uh, well, I can assure you we are here to stay. This isn't a holiday home. So, um, what were the Powells like? Uh, if you don't mind me saying, you seem very curious about the Powells. Yes. Sorry, I must sound like a broken record. Uh, was just trying to make conversation. Ah, uh, no need to apologise. They were just ordinary people. I guess country life just isn't everyone's cup of tea, you know? No, I guess not. Hmm, what's, uh, what's that on the wall? The miniature fire extinguisher. It's in case we have a small blaze. If you'd seen my wife cooking, you'd understand. 
No, I mean the the book next to it, in the glass case. Oh, well, that's not any book. That's the original Bychester Village Charter, and they say it contains details of the local witch trials and a list of all those who lost their lives to the Black Death. Have you read it? It's not been out of the case in over 50 years, so no, no locals have set eyes on it. It's one of the village's most treasured possessions, and I'm fortunate enough to display it here. Well, until the town hall reopens, then it will return to its rightful place. I see. That, that is impressive. Always interested in local history. I've got the Book of the Dead out back if you want a wee look. Really? No, I'm having you on, Mr. Timms. Although I do have a collection of saucy seaside postcards if you ever fancy a look. Right, so what's through there? Ah, uh, that's a very private function. What, like a birthday party or kids' disco? No, God, no, hey, children. No, that's the local lodge members gathering. As I said, the town hall had to be closed suddenly following a recent incident, so they're using my reception room for the monthly charity dinners. I can always do with extra money. It's the devil from my door. Are you a member? Me? Jesus, no. I'm just a humble barkeep. Only the great and the good get to join that particular club. Right, I see. Jeffrey Timms took his container of partially drunk, tepid brown ale over to a large wooden door that had been left slightly ajar. Through it, he could see a number of smartly attired gentlemen laughing and eating round a grand oak table. The table was laden with a vast spread of food, much like a medieval banquet, or perhaps more like a small, inexpensive wedding. Huh. Not seen you in the village before. I just moved here with my wife. Name is Jeff Timms. Nice to meet you. Ah, the new couple. Gary Cloverdale. I run the local garden centre and funeral parlour. I'm kind of a big deal round these parts. My family also own the local supermarket. But listen to me going on. I guess this must be your first time in the Crying Wolf, Bychester's finest and only pub. What line of work are you in? I'm actually semi-retired. Used to work in property finance. Still do a bit of contract work. We came here to get away from the great rat race. Looks like there are quite a few wealthy rats through that door, though. (laughs) You could say that. So you must be one of the members of the Lodge. Looks like a very exclusive local members club. Hmm. Presume Bernard has been talking again? (laughs) I used to run a wine-tasting guild back in Epping. It wasn't very exclusive or secretive, though. Secret? Exclusive? My dear fellow, the Lodge is just a place where a few locals blow off some steam. There's no silly handshakes, no Rome-style eyes-wide-shut orgies, either. Although, Brian, who runs the butchers, does keep suggesting that. Oh, I see. Well, fair enough. Hope you don't mind me asking, but do you have to own a business to join the Lodge? And if so, how would someone like me become a member? Are all you London folk this forward? Sorry, it's just that most of my friends live a long way away now. I thought I could... I'll stop you there. Unfortunately, I can't really help with membership. No, of course, I understand. Actually, I best be getting back to the wife. I don't want her to think I've got attacked by wild animals on the way home. You Londoners have some odd views of the countryside. Anyway, listen, I can't promise anything, but you could talk to the vicar. He has some sway on lodge member recommendations 
and he's a good guy to know all around, but leave my name out of it. Huh, is that the time? I'd best get back to it. Have another three cremations to get through before the day ends. For a small village, we do get a lot of stiffs these days. Maybe see you at Sunday service then. Yes, great. We'll see you then. A short while later, Geoffrey and Pamela made their way to the local church to see if his prayers had manifested into something favourable. I still don't know why we're here. We haven't been to church in ten years. Shh. I just thought it would be a good chance to meet the locals. Couldn't we have just met them at a boot fair or something? I'm missing country matters for this. There'll be plenty of time for boot fairs. Wait, did you press record on the box before we left? I pressed the button that said series link. But last time I did that, it only ever let me record two episodes of Loose Women and one of those cut off Rebecca Vardy. Shh, it's starting. Welcome, God's children. Thank you for coming and an extra special warm Jesus embrace to our newcomers, the Tims. All are welcome in God's house. Today's agenda will begin with a hymn, then we can do some local notices, maybe get an update on John's gout, the new speed hump on Rivington Drive, and any news on Hilda's missing cat. See if our prayers have helped locate Mr. Nibbles. At the end of the service, Geoffrey took the opportunity to approach Reverend Talbot whilst he was thanking his parishioners for their attendance and contributions. Great sermon. Uh, really nice to meet you. I'm your Jeff Tibbs. You and your wife moved in just this week. I'm sorry. It is a small community. Word gets around. So, what do you think of our sleepy little village? It's nice. Very quiet. Uh, but very, very beautiful. If you're one with Bychester, then you're one with nature. And nature is our Lord. I saw the village hall was closed for, I'm guessing, renovations. Uh, maybe I can help with that. I used to help finance building projects. It's fine, Jeff. You can drop the pretense. I know you're curious about joining our little quorum of brothers. Oh, well, I'm sorry if that's rude. I just wanted to... Nothing wrong with a man who wants to partake in everything Bychester has to offer. After all, I did once know your father. Oh, I thought it had been so long since he passed that... Your father was once an important part of the community. Dare I say he was a key member of the lodge also. Oh, really? He never said anything about that. He did always say he loved Bychester. So does that mean... Join the lodge? Oh, I'm afraid not. Ah, I see. My dear sweet child of God, don't be too disheartened. It just means that you'll have to bide your time. Rule number one of the lodge is you have to have lived in the borough for at least two years. <laughs> before you can be considered, and then two active members must recommend you to the board. Then the board has to vote, 
Then there are members' fees, the big swearing-in ceremony. So as you can see, my hands are tied by a lot of, lot of admin. Ah, I, I see. Uh, oh well, it doesn't, doesn't harm to ask. And you never know if one of our members moves on physically or, you know, spiritually. Then a spot may become available. Uh, good to know. Um, well, not that I wish death on anyone. Just, I mean that. I know what you meant. Maybe your wife could bring some items to next week's bake sale. Can I have the keys, love? It's freezing in that car. I want to get the heating on. Oh, hello, Reverend. You can both call me Jimmy. I look forward to seeing you at the bake sale. Can't wait to taste your cakes, Mrs. Dims. Great. Uh, see you then. Is he being saucy? Shh, no. He means your actual cakes, I think. How did he know that I can bake? I told him you could. Well, someone did. Now, please, let's just get in the car. I'll have to ring my mum and get that recipe for her carrot cake. I could do a trifle as well. Do you think Jesus and his disciples ever ate trifle? Hmm, probably not a cherry one, I bet. What was all that early with the vicar? Nothing, just trying to find out how I can take an active role in the community. Oh, Jeff, this isn't about you upping your social status again. You remember what happened with the golf club and when you became president of the local neighbourhood watch group? Then the wine guild. It's not like that. You always want to be part of everything, like when we turned up to that big couples party. What was wrong with that? You didn't tell me that they were all swingers. Some of our best friends were there. Yes. They may have been there, but most of them weren't wearing any clothes. You don't have to attend orgies to stay popular. I said we didn't have to get involved. I merely told them we'd help with the catering. From where I was standing, not many of them were really interested in Frere Rocher or breadsticks. Look, some things just aren't for you or us. You're always against me trying to better myself. Jeffrey! Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean that. Sometimes I just, you know, struggle to, to be seen. Did I tell you they love my dad here? I thought if they, they liked him, then maybe they'd like me too. When people get to know you here, they will. Anyway, it's, it's not just that. I wanted, to, I wanted to keep my mind occupied. Sometimes I, I don't want to remember all that's happened. I want to forget too. But the only way we can keep Sam's memory alive is to keep remembering the good times we had with her. But regarding all this church and lodge stuff, all I'm saying is don't try so hard to fit in. Once people get to know you, the real you, they will like you for who you are, not for your family name or bank balance. As the sun disappeared beyond the horizon, Geoffrey took a leash and turned to his noble hound. It was time for walkies. He decided that they should explore the nearby fields and woodlands behind his new home. But little did they know what lay wait for them amongst the twilight shadows. Just taking Barney for a walk, love. Okay, Han, remember, Googlebox is on in an hour. Don't... you mean Gogglebox? 
No, dear. This is that spin-off series where you watch people in Essex googling things. Oh, right. Uh, see you in a bit, then. Bye. A short while later, as Geoffrey and Barney were slowly meandering through the woods, their attention was drawn to a number of bright lights through the trees. As they reached a clearing, they saw a line of cars turning onto a nearby path. He ducked behind some bushes, watching as several men left their vehicles and walked towards some stone ruins. With his curiosity now piqued, Geoffrey very slowly began to follow. After some minutes, he emerged over a small mound and observed several torches flickering in the distance. He finally got close enough to see a group of men all standing around a large white pentagram marked on the ground. The men were chanting in a strange tongue by the light of the full moon which was almost at its zenith overhead. Suddenly, he felt a cold presence behind him. You know where this leads. It's not too late to turn back. The voice of his daughter sent shivers down his spine. Jeffrey swung around, hoping to be able to once again look into Sam's piercing blue eyes, but no one was there. The sadness was unbearable. For a moment, it felt like he was no longer alone. The sound of voices crept nearer, breaking him free from his trance. He moved closer, edging around a tree. He recognised two men whose hoods were down. It was the Reverend and Gary from the pub garden. I see it too, boy. That's the vicar and the guy from the bar. What are they all doing out here so late? Jeffrey watched in silence as the men began to take it in turns to strip naked and chain themselves to a huge ceremonial stone table. Sensing something was very wrong about the situation, Barney began to whine and snarl before finally breaking into several loud barks, alerting everyone to their presence. Barney, no! Mr. Timms, we've been expecting you. Who? Old Mask. Don't be afraid. I am Albert Pride, the town mayor. We haven't met yet. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I was just out with the dog and I... Silence! Gary and Bernard have already brought you to the lodge's attention. Why are these... Uh, why are these men chained up? All will become clear. Fate brought you back to us on this, this very special of nights. Fate? You wanted to become one of us, didn't you? Uh, yes, I... First, do you swear to take the oath of the citizens of the Bychester Lodge and become a full member of our pack? Uh, yes. I just need your mark for our records. Doctor, fetch the stone tablet of indelible record. You mean the iPad? Uh, yes, that. Uh, I, I, I believe we also need your postcode and email. Oh, uh, it's uh, gtims at bmail.com and... Um, Postcode is a B13HMT. Doctor, did, did you get all that? I didn't. I'm really struggling with the iPad. I, I could write it down. 
Oh, um, I'd, ra- I'd rather you didn't. Your, your handwriting is, uh, is rather awful. Is that... is that the Reverend? My dear sweet child, I had never lost faith that the good Lord would bring you to us. Okay, great. Since Edward Powell was excommunicated from the lodge, we are down on quiz members. Wait, Dr. Renton? You're a member? Not yet. This one still has a lot to prove before he can become one of us. Speaking of proving, Doctor, what are you doing? Sorry, the Wi-Fi signal out here is really weak. It's not letting me click on the form. Anyone got a phone I can use or tether to? Oh no, now the battery's down to 5%. Enough! No matter. We'll deal with the ceremonial admin later. Mr. Timms, do you give us your pledge? This is all very flattering, but I'm not really sure I should be doing this. You'd be joining a long line of Timms, just as your father before you once graced our sacred lodge. My, my father? He was a great man, and now the night draws ever close. Do you take the honour of joining us and restoring the bloodline? Yes, of, of course, I'd be honoured to become a member of the Lodge and, and to follow my father's legacy. Very well. Now repeat after me. Sakorum, Akaram, Shadari, Nusan. Sakorum, Akaram... Shadari, uh, uh, Nusen, Nusen? Keep repeating. Sakoram, Akaram, Shadari, Nusen. Uh, great wise one. The moon is beginning to reveal itself already. What? That's at least 23 minutes early. Damn you, weather channel app. Um, well, we may have to cut down the initiation ceremony. The great transition has already begun. What? What is happening to those men? Oh, oh my God! Is he? Is he? Is he turning into a wolf? We prefer the term lichens. Unfortunately, the males of Bychester are afflicted by an ancient blood curse that causes lycanthropy. I say affliction. Some, like myself, believe it to be a blessing, not a curse. That bloodline was dying out until you returned. You should be proud. Like your father and grandfather before you, your bloodline is ancient and rare. Destiny brought you back to us. It all makes sense now. So my father, he really was a great man. He was one of us. Yes, he was a pillar of this community. Dr. Renton, I I can't believe you're a part of this. Focus, Mr. Timms. Bottom line, your father was a very important part of Bychester. He'd be here now, if it wasn't for the police investigation of 83. Well, 
Then he had to leave. Police? But wait, did did your men... I mean, did the Lycans... Did, did they kill the Pals? What do you take us for? Monsters? Well... Now, you must come with us. Alan, can you... Another hooded man lurched to grab hold of Geoffrey, but his brave hound Barney suddenly ran out of the darkness and attacked. This brief diversion allowed Geoffrey to wriggle loose and escape the macabre scene as howls and growls filled the air behind him. You can't run, Jeff Timms. Destiny will always find you. You could have at least put on some clean underwear for the transformation. This isn't happening. This isn't happening. Oh, i got to get home. Jeffrey ran until he struggled to draw breath. His stride became clumsy and he stumbled down the side of a very steep bank into a small ditch. As his spinning frame came to a halt, he hit his head on a rock was swallowed into an all-encompassing darkness. Within that void, the last thing he heard was the echo of his late father's words returning to him. We'll make a proper Tim's of you yet, boy. He awoke lying in his bed next to his wife Pamela, wearing the pyjamas his mother-in-law had brought him last Christmas. Slowly, he looked around the room, at first, everything seemed comfortably familiar, but then scenes from the night before began to return to him. These fractious memories prompted him to sit bolt upright, his bottom lip quivering with fear. Jeffrey turned to his alarm clock. It read 6.15am. He breathed a sigh of relief as everything seemed normal, but his mind still could not rest. Oh, did any of that really happen? Jeffrey lay back down. Had his mind been playing wicked tricks upon him? You're okay, Jeff. You're okay. It was all it was all just a bad dream. A cold shiver ran down his spine. Jeffrey freed one arm from the duvet and stared aghast at his right hand. There he saw rope burns on his wrist and blood on his palms. He could feel his heart beating hard in his chest as more fragments of memory began to return from the night before. The taste of copper coated his mouth. He looked over at his wife who lay motionless next to him. He placed his hand over her mouth to try and feel her warm breath, but he felt nothing. Reluctantly, he tugged the duvet away from the bed, only to reveal a scene of brutal, dismembered horror. Half of Pamela's body was missing, and the rest of the bed was soaked in her dark blood and entrails. The reality of the scene then grasped cruelly at Jeffrey's tortured soul as he recalled everything that had happened to him and his wife during the night. What have I done? I that that I wasn't. I, I didn't. I didn't know. I. I, I didn't. I didn't do this. I. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then, 
a single thought began to invade his mind. It crept up at first, but then it grew and grew to monstrous proportions as a wry smile began to form on his face. He realised he was now somebody. Geoffrey Timms was finally part of something bigger than himself. He was finally free. I'm... I'm one of them. I've... I've been accepted. I'm one of the pack. Just like my father was. I'm someone. Yes, father. You're one of us. Geoffrey's smile turned to bewilderment, his eyes welling with tears at the sight of his beloved daughter. Sam pointed silently to the bed. He hadn't noticed that lying next to Pamela was his own wretched body. In his hands, he was still clutching a hunting rifle, pressed up against his chin, his jaws and brains now splattered across the headboard of his luxury four-poster divan. In lichen form, he had indeed murdered his beloved wife, and for just a few hours had belonged to something greater than himself, something dark, something secret, something wonderful. But once he returned to human form, that darkness turned to bitter pain and heartache. And in the light of the dawn, he rejected his cursed bloodline, instead choosing his wife and daughter, and he pulled the trigger. As he stared towards the doorway, the silhouetted figures of his wife and daughter beckoned him towards the light, and his heart followed. Dreams.com, written by Dan Collicott, edited and produced by Dan Collicott, Imran Merza, and Dennis Jose Francois. Starring Imran Merza, Lisa Pederis, Dennis Jose Francois, Richard Roth, Stuart Giblin, Gavin O'Reilly, Dan Collicott, Lee Merza, Bernice Ravji, Shane Lightowler, and Bavisha Ravji. <laughs>